0: Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Hey there. Thank you for joining us this week. We are closing up our Nutrition Mythbusters series. And the last item we are talking about is protein. We are going to look at the benefits and how much protein should you have. So join us for this conversation. Okay, I'm going to talk about the benefits of protein and how important it is for the body. It is an essential macronutrients. So it's a a bigger chunk of the piece to our nutrition and offers a wide range of benefits to the human body and some key advantage in consuming adequate protein. We are going to talk about here. I'm going to talk about the benefits first. Muscle growth and repair. Protein is crucial for that growth, maintenance and repair of the tissue. And it's really important for those athletes or individuals in gaining in heavy resistance training. Another benefit, weight management. Protein helps promote feelings of the fullness. It can reduce appetite and aid in weight management by controlling the intake and preventing overeating. Uh, This is so fascinating. We've all heard about the Ozempic and the GLP-1, those type of drugs. But here's a fun fact. The role of protein in GLP-1 production. When it comes to protein, it's important to choose high-quality sources such as lean meats, p- poultry, fish, and plant-based options like tofu and legumes. These foods not only provide essential amino acids for muscle growth, but they also may help stimulate the release of GLP-1. Ah, oh, I think that's so cool. <laughs> Fascinating. So protein can help with satiety, which we've known, but it mimics that same action from all those fancy drugs that we see in the media. Another benefit, metabolism. The thermic effect of protein is relatively high, which means that your body burns calories when digested and metabolizing the protein compared to fats and carbohydrates. This can also contribute to an increased metabolic rate. Healthy bones. Yes, we need adequate protein for the essential bone health and when it comes to the formation and and also maintaining those strong bones as we age. It's so important. Hormone production. Proteins, they're definitely involved in the production of various hormones, including insulin that helps with regulating blood sugar and also growth hormone. Another benefit immune function, and defense against infections. There's so many little little processes going on in the body. And these enzymes that help break down certain things, enzymes are proteins that actually facilitate and regulate various chemical reactions in the body, such as digestion, metabolism, and detoxification. Did you hear that? Detoxification. We don't need to go on a certain detox diet or take a detox supplement, our body is way smarter than what we thought, and it does it all by itself. (laughs) I have to laugh at that. Within these processes, transportation is huge, and protein plays a role in transporting these molecules like oxygen in the blood, aka hemoglobin, or lipids and other nutrients in the blood. A huge benefit, Goes, goes along with wound healing. Protein is really necessary for the body's ability to repair and heal damaged tissues, including those wounds and injuries. I remember it back in my days studying medical nutrition therapy, there would be a certain formula if we would calculate the protein needs for someone that was injured in the hospital. I think we've heard this one. Protein helps with hair and nail health. Hair and nails are made up of structural proteins called keratins. And if you're lacking in protein, you may find this out if you see more hair fall out or if your nails chip easily. Along with that, protein promotes healthy skin. Collagen, hey, we've heard of that one, is a protein and it is essential for the skin elasticity and hydration. Now, FYI, I just want to take a little moment here and talk about collagen protein because I think a couple years ago, it was all the rage. We saw it everywhere. It was advertised. Jennifer Aniston was putting it in her coffee. Social media influencers were telling us to grab their code to get their special collagen. And it got so much hype. And I just want to explain a little bit more about collagen. Collagen protein is not considered a complete protein because it lacks one or more of the essential amino acids to meet the body's dietary needs. Complete proteins, they contain all nine essential amino acids. Amino acids are just the building blocks of proteins, okay? So amino acids cannot be produced by the body. We have to get them through our our diet, which is why nutrition is so important. Um, Collagen protein, it's derived from connective tissues and skin of animals. And it's notably low in some of these essential amino acids, primarily tryptophan, which is often the limiting amino acid. Uh, Tryptophan is essential for the synthesis of various proteins and neurotransmitters and all those other things that I talked about that was going on in the body that protein was beneficial for. Okay. However, collagen protein Even though it is not a complete protein, it still offers a wide range of health benefits. Um, Like we're talking about the connective tissues, as mentioned, Um, collagen supplements are used to support the skin, joint, and bone health, and they can complement a diet rich in those complete proteins, even if they don't provide the essential amino acids. So I just want to point that out there. To ensure you are meeting your protein, and amino acids needs, it's important to include a variety of protein sources in your diet. Diversity helps you meet your dietary needs. Okay, that's my little spiel on collagen because yes, it is good. It is not a complete protein. You don't have to have it in your diet. And um, I guess lastly, (laughs) uh, you don't have to spend lots of money on collagen either. So it's up to you. Another benefit, I find this one fascinating, we are looking at protein benefiting our mood and cognitive function. It can play a role in the production of the neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin and we know those can impact our mood, our cognition and our mental well-being. Protein also helps blood sugar regulation. It can help stabilize those blood sugars by slowing down the absorption of glucose from carbohydrates. That's why we like to pair a protein with a carb. It just works better better in our body. Heart health. Consuming lean sources of protein can support heart health by lowering the risk of high cholesterol and hypertension. There's many great options of lean of lean sources of protein. Protein is also very beneficial for recovery after exercise. And I'm talking about extreme exercise to the extent protein intake after exercise can really help the muscle recovery and reduce muscle soreness. I just want to make note that it is important to let you know that individual protein needs can vary on many different factors, such as age, sex, activity level, and health goals. A balanced diet that includes a variety of protein sources can can help ensure that you receive the full range of benefits that protein has to offer. Now the big question you're all you're all wanting to know, how much protein do I need? <laughs> I just want to make a big disclaimer. Protein needs are individualized. But in general, the recommended dietary allowance or RDA for protein intake is about 0.8 grams of protein Per kilogram of body weight, or about 0.36 grams of protein per body weight. And this amount of protein is needed to prevent deficiencies in most healthy adults. For example, a 150 pound person would need 54 grams of protein per day. And you're probably thinking, that's it? Yes, that's it. (laughs) That is it. However, Specific requirements may be higher higher for certain individuals under different circumstances. And there's a few populations that may need more. We're talking about athletes and active adults. They they may need anywhere from 1.2 to 2.2 grams per kilogram. Aging adults, because they are already losing muscle mass to maybe help maintain their muscle mass, Protein requirements may be higher for individuals over 65. Pregnant and breastfeeding women um, will require additional protein to support the growth and development of the fetus or infant. Another group would be those that have lost weight or want to gain muscle. People aiming to lose weight or gain muscle can adjust their protein intake to support their specific goals. Higher protein diets can be beneficial for both weight loss and muscle building. Now, when I say higher protein, they do not have to eat a dozen eggs in a sitting. That is not higher protein to me. We're looking more like anywhere from 20 to 30 grams of protein in a meal. So... It's also important to note that excess protein intake can put stress on kidneys and may not be suitable for individuals with certain medical conditions, and it is recommended to, of course, consult your healthcare professional or registered dietitian to to determine your specific protein needs based on your age, activity level, health status, and dietary goals. In most cases, consuming a balanced diet with a variety of protein sources, such as lean meats, poultry, fish, eggs, dairy products, legumes, and plant-based proteins will help meet your daily protein needs. Now, we know how much protein we should have, or we have an idea of how much we should have, but I want to jump into a Another important topic about absorption, the rate of protein absorption can vary on so many different factors and that includes the source of the protein. Generally, the human body can absorb and utilize a certain amount of protein at a time with estimates suggesting about 20 to 25 grams of protein per meal for most individuals, okay? That could be totally different for uh, someone in a larger frame, however, There's no exact one-size-fits-all value at these absorption rates, so that can differ from varying among people. But factors that that affect and influence the rate of protein absorption. We're talking about the source. For example, whey protein found in dairy products. It is known for its rapid absorption. While casein, that's also found in dairy, the absorption is more slowly. Plant-based proteins like those from legumes and grains may be absorbed slightly at a different rate than animal-based proteins. Quality of protein is is determined by the amino acid profile and digestibility, which we talked about from before. Individual factors, including age, genetics, overall health, and can influence how much protein an individual can absorb and utilize at one time. It's really important to note that consuming significantly more protein then your body can can absorb and use in a single meal does not necessarily result in better muscle growth or health benefits. That excess protein, you really got to listen to this little point here. Excess protein is generally excreted by the body and can be stored as fat or stored glucose. For most people, focusing on evenly distributing protein throughout the day by having balanced meals and snacks. That's that's the big picture here. That's what you're trying to accomplish. That's more important than trying to maximize protein absorption in a single meal. And this approach will help to maintain steady supply of the amino acids for overall health. And if you have specific or dietary needs, again, it would be help, helpful to consult a registered dietitian who can provide a personalized recommendation for your protein intake. I want to talk a little bit about sources because generally our animal sources and that's we're looking at a four ounce serving across the board for chicken breast, salmon, 90% lean ground beef, turkey. They're all around that 25 grams of lean protein. Same with tuna. When we are looking at firm tofu for three ounces, 15 grams of protein. Our lentils, our beans, Black beans, chickpeas, they're around 9 grams of protein. Quinoa, at a half a cup, we have about 4 grams of protein. Edamame, we have 10 grams of protein. One large egg, 6 grams of protein. 3 fourths of a cup of Greek yogurt, 16 grams of protein. Half a cup of cottage cheese, 12 grams of protein. Two tablespoons of peanut butter, 7 grams of protein one cup of cow's milk, eight grams, one ounce of cheese, six grams, a fourth of a cup of pumpkin seeds, seven grams. I also want to point out that vegetables do contain some protein, such as green peas in one cup, eight grams. Spinach, we have one cup, five grams. Kale, three grams in one cup. Broccoli, three grams. Brussels sprouts, what do we have here? Three grams, asparagus, three grams. Um, so it's pretty neat to see spirulina. That's that blue-green algae that's rich in protein. You see, you may see that listed in a dietary supplement. That's roughly about four grams of protein per tablespoon. Nuts offer a source of protein. Almonds, six grams; peanuts, seven; walnuts, four; cashews, five; pistachios, six; Brazil nuts, four; pecans, three; hazelnuts, four macadamia nuts two and chestnuts one. So nuts nuts are not only a good source of protein, but they also provide the healthy fat, fiber, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and they are great to be enjoyed as a snack added to a salad used in baking and enjoyed in so many variety of ways. So I hope this gave you a little bit of clarity when it comes to protein. How many times do we see on a product? higher in protein or good source of protein. And how many times do we see protein marketed on products? It's becoming a hot topic. So in the Cliff Notes version, you really don't need as much protein as you think. You're probably getting it from a lot of food sources. However, if you're not getting a variety of foods in your diet, it may be nice to have a supplement because your body usually breaks it down similar to other protein sources. I'm a big believer in just eating whole foods to provide a whole variety of nutrients in our diet. So I will add a link to another podcast episode science-based podcast episode on should I eat more protein to give you a little bit more information on this and uh, we are closing our nutrition MythBusters series and I hope this just gave you some some light some insight when you are shopping at the grocery store so thank you so much for joining us here at the daily dietitian podcast